just send us off into the podcast sphere like I did last week and catch you off guard. I promise yeah. that's my bad. Yeah, no, it was fine. I was just like, I was just waiting for the the break and the, the intro, and it's just like, well, I guess we're going. Here so, we go. Um, yeah. So I, it, man, this we had a mass medical this weekend. Yeah. Was that up in? It was at the or, RSG. Okay. In yeah. Southfield, yeah. Yeah. Just chaos. I get. So, I I'm I'm good on like my medical stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm not on any of the lists. I did have to do dental, so I got that knocked out on Saturday. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Saturday night we get a text at like nine nine thirty. Hey, we re ran the list, and these people need to show back up to Southfield on Sunday. Oh. And it was like all of us except for one of the candidates. And I was like, everybody just meet there. Like, yeah. everybody has a UMT meet there. We'll get it knocked out. Um, and so I'm sitting there reading my Martin Luther book, and all of a sudden the colonel comes in, and he's like, hey, chap, how are you? And I'm like, Sir, <laughs> how are you? Uh, first time I've ever met you face to face, and then uh, he, uh, the RSG candidate, is leaving, and so they were going to give her an award. Um, he's like, "I'd like you to be oh. a part of this if you can." I was like, "Yeah, would love to." You know, I'm supposed to head back to Ann Arbor, so just let me know. And so then he came back later. And was like, yeah, "We like it's like ten o'clock in the morning because we're going to do this at like thirteen hundred. And I'm like. Uh, sir, that's three hours from now, and I have nothing. I'm done. Like I need to go to Ann Arbor because I I I have to do chapel at thirteen hundred. I have to do suicide prevention at fourteen hundred. He's like, "Well, work it out with the major." I was like, "Yes, sir, we'll do." And he goes, "It's it's optional." He goes, uh, "It's it." What did he say? He goes, uh, "It's an opportunity, not a requirement." Yeah. And I said, "Yes, sir." So I talked to the major, shook his hand, said, heard your name, haven't met you face-to-face, glad to meet you. I go, I I was gone all last month because of what we were dealing with. My guys didn't get chapel. Yeah. Like, I, I need to be in it. He's like, totally under, like, totally get it. Go to Ann Arbor. So I was like, okay. So and I have been a traveling man, and it's going to continue because... Yeah. We're going, like, we're just on the road, like, on the road, yeah. on the road. So, fun stuff. Yeah. That's good. I mean, that's... It, it is good. I mean, it's good to be able to get to see everybody. Yeah. I still think this position should be AGR with nine companies. Yeah. I mean, and that's... Because, uh, yeah, I don't think you get... I think it's at the um, TSC level. Yeah. So I mean, four levels above you, three above me. That that's where the chaplain becomes AGR. Yeah. Um, so, and that would yeah. be a massive jump if I were to get. That. Yeah. Well, and that's. I mean, that's 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 just saying that's that's like in in our our setup. Yeah. I think that because there is a because we met a captain that was AGR out at. Um, uh, yeah, uh, BFT in California. Yeah, mm-hmm. and which I got to get that. So, I still haven't received an email about that personally. Okay, uh, I'll 
I wonder if oh. they sent it to you. No. As you being listed, like, as the chaplain that I mean, position I, I, I'm in now. I got one, but it, it was through... Your, your chain. RSG. Yeah. So... Well, I'll, my I'll send it, RSG I'll send it still to mobbed. Yeah. You sent me this. I think you actually sent it to me. Okay. But, um, yeah, I haven't gotten, like, official, official word of it, but... Yeah. Hey, I'll take California in March. Well, yeah. I I don't know where it'll be for me because... Yeah, you're going it, overseas, aren't you? Yeah. For two weeks? Yeah. So. That's fun. Yeah. Get to go to the original stomping grounds, old Germany. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fun. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. It'll be cold. That's... Yeah, but it's probably not going to be any colder than Michigan is. So I mean, we're, I mean, we're prepared. Yeah, this is Michigan. It's Michigan for God's sakes, Brady Hoke. He said that. <laughs> Did you see um, the book I'm reading? No, I don't think so. I'm gonna show it to you because I think you'll be impressed. I don't know if you've read this one yet or not. No. I've not. It's really good. So it's really good. Yeah. Talks but, about like the the very introduction is like so Martin Luther was an awesome guy, but there's a lot of myths about him that keep getting perpetrated. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, I think Coleman would appreciate this. Yeah. But yeah, Veterans Day. That's what we get to talk about tonight. And that's gonna yeah. be gonna be fun. I don't know why it's not a federal holiday. No one should have to work it, on Friday. Uh, I mean, they're like, it was, it was a, it, we call it Donza, a day mm -hmm. of no scheduled activities in the army. In the army. Yeah, like but, active duty. Yeah, like it's not in the corporate world. I don't think it's recognized. Yeah, it should be. Maybe it's, maybe it's be well. Yeah, maybe it's because it moves around, but that's still like. You would. So does July Fourth, right? Yeah. So does Christmas. So does New Year's. Yeah. I mean, literally every holiday except for when they're the first Monday of the month or the third Thursday, Thursday of November. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Sure. Here we go. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? This is the Two Chaps Pod. He's Coleman, and I'm AJ, and today is the day before <laughs> Veterans Day. Yeah. November 11th, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of World War One, the war to end all wars ended, and it became recognized as Veterans Day. So today we salute the veterans and recognize them, and it's going to be a show that discusses and talks about military veterans day and as we are two chaplains our service as well so Coleman, yeah veterans day what does veterans yeah. day mean to you as someone who's been overseas um well so the i mean veterans are so there's the the distinction between memorial day 
Fourth of July and Veterans Day, mm-hmm. and I, I think that that's important to to keep in mind that you know Veterans Day is about those who have served um, and and really are still currently serving in as uh, you know many many who are in right now have deployed numerous times and in service to the country in various capacities. So it's a it, it is a moment to reflect on okay, kind of where the 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 present state of the military is and the and the present those who are still in our midst that are serving um and have served and remembering that and kind of as memorial day looks more towards the past this looks towards the here and now and the future mm-hmm. uh, and, and the legacy that we want to uh leave as those who have served um, you know, it's in one of, as well, it's in, in probably several of the creeds, but in the, in the army. But I, I, I remember from the, um, the special forces creed that it's, I serve with those, the memory of those who have gone before me and I will do everything to uphold their legacy. And so I think mm-hmm. that that's part of, um, what Veterans Day does is remembers, yep, we're, we are part of something greater than ourselves and have served in this capacity and it is to, defend the greatest country in the world i mean mm-hmm. uh or at least um the you know ideals of the greatest country in the world mm-hmm. and i think it's also a, a kind of a humbling experience because you start to you realize that like you're not alone in this mm-hmm. which is a, a, a something that i think needs to be said more and more about veterans i i think that that becomes a a big and why this why this day is important? I I think many of the guys, you know, they did their time and they they kind of go, was it worth it? Was it, you know, did I do the right thing? All that stuff. And, and Veterans Day is a a moment to say yes, you know, mm-hmm. you um you did what was required of you, and you served honorably. Hopefully, I mean, there mm-hmm. you know there are those that screw that up, but. And you paid a price that not everyone else was willing to pay, and you paid it so that they could do whatever they were doing or they're, mm-hmm. that they're going to do. Um, so I, I think there's a a moment of reflection, of humbling, and of uh, encouragement that comes with it that we ought to partake in and recognize, and especially for those guys that that get to the point where they question, you know, what's, what's life about? What's, you know, especially if they've retired and, and things like that, you know, that you have done something good. Uh, I think that's what the day is trying to evoke. Um, and, and I, again, I say that's important as we were talking about this kind of off air, you know, the, the reality of suicide that is, plagued veterans and it is it is to realize that and this kind of ties into a little bit of what we talked piece on all saints day if you go done culture dad and check that out about we're not alone so Mm -hmm. just as the church is not alone um, and a christian is never alone so also veterans are not alone and it's finding ways to connect to them uh with them and, and to to help them through 
any issues that are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that that November 11th gives us an opportunity to reflect on that. But Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's very important to like distinguish, define like what a veteran is, right? In a lot of ways, um, there are classifications in, in the way that they've described veterans. But I don't feel like it's wrong to honor all military members on November mm-hmm. 11th. Um, yeah. Even though technically a veteran, the simplest way I've heard it is you've either fulfilled a contract or have served overseas um, is is the way that it was described to me, which technically mm-hmm. means I'm not even a veteran yet because my first contract's not up and I haven't served overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but still, even if there is that distinction, there's nothing wrong with honoring our military on this given day and and saying you know thank you for what you've done and i know that it's it can sometimes be a joke in a lot of ways and i don't want to make light of it but you know the whole thank you for your service you know when when somebody sees you in uniform or you know whatever the case may be um but that that is important and i and as dads i think it's also important that you know, we kind of train our sons to have that honor and that respect for those that are willing to selflessly sacrifice for yeah. the ideals of, like you said, the greatest country in the world, which we firmly believe. America is the greatest country in the world. Is it perfect? No, it's no. not perfect. Just like we we love the church, but the yeah. church as a whole is not perfect either. There are yeah. perfect elements of it, and the head of it is perfect, but... Yeah. Even though something isn't perfect doesn't mean that it can't be great. And when we're talking about the Constitution of the United States, the Declaration of Independence and and how important those ideals are for even the basic human decency. Yeah. It's the ideals are unmatched. Yeah. And it, for those that would, you know, literally take an oath to protect and defend it from all enemies foreign and domestic there should be honor in that yeah there was a quote just in what you said um that i read last week i want to say it was mark twain maybe you can look this up for me i don't know but it is it was the enemy of great or the enemy of greatness is perfection um and but it it was was something i saw earlier this week and it relates to what you're describing about the United States and that, you know, this doesn't have to be the perfect place, but it is a good place, a great place. Um, so yeah, I'm looking up that quote for you. Yeah. Thanks. And it's interesting that you also bring up the the church in that regard too. We talk about like, I I don't know if you guys just, just make these distinctions or what, but, um, it's they're kind of euphemisms um, that we use, and they're actually they're actually uh, in our our hymnal uh, as distinctions. But we talk about the church uh, triumphant and the church militant, and the church triumphant are all those who have died and gone on to be with the Lord that are resting from their labors now, resting in the presence of um, of Christ, and. Uh, 
So they're triumphant. They're in heaven and they're awaiting the day of the resurrection. Whereas those who are here on earth are still the church militant, meaning that although the victory is won and although our victory is guaranteed in Christ, we are still suffering um, through the effects of sin and through the effects of death and those things. So it is a struggle to to fight against those things. And so there's that's the militant side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the <clears throat> and on this side, the in within the church militant, there are still imperfections because everyone that comes through the door of the church is a sinner. Now, they might be a redeemed sinner and a forgiven sinner, but they are still a sinner. Correct. And that that And they're still waging war and being militant against the flesh. Correct. Exactly. Um, so, you know, that's an important thing to, to remember, but there is that promise that one day, and this is what we, we actually, uh, confess this in, in the ancient creeds, the ecumenical creeds, that there is one holy Christian or Catholic and apostolic church. Um, and that's a, and why it's important because that's a confession. It is a, it is a belief that we have about what Christ is doing in the church, that there will be one day when we see this mm-hmm. one holy Christian and apostolic church in its fullness um, at the end of all time, it, with the myriads of people from all different tribes, tongues, and languages gathered around the throne, uh, where there will no longer be the uh, divisions that we have here on earth. Uh, and that that is a glorious picture to look at. So, mm-hmm. um, To circle back kinda, to your quote... Here's what I could find. Perfection is the enemy of progress by Winston Churchill. Okay. Good is the enemy of great from Jim Collins. And Voltaire has a saying that says the best is the enemy of the good. Okay. Uh, so I don't know where you read that. Or, yeah. or, or you'll have to find it and then we'll have yeah. to put it out and say this is what Colin was talking about <laughs> right. when he lost his mind on the or, podcast. Or, or it'll be one of those or it'll be one of those quotes that are like, you know, the nobody ever really said it, but we always attributed it to somebody and now it's just we just assume like, they say it. Like, for instance, and this fits in with Veterans Day, mm-hmm. you've heard the saying soft times create hard men. Hard men create mm-hmm. soft times. Right? Or yeah, a version a variation of, of it. Yeah. yeah. So that, because I was looking at that one time because I was going to write about it, and I was like, who said that? Because that's like a very groundbreaking, like, it's it's a very good thought. And I was reading something from like a Harvard review or something, and it was like, that saying is actually from a science fiction book. Hmm. And, and I was like, that's interesting. Like... It wasn't some grand moral philosopher that came <laughs> yeah. up with this or some military general that came up with this, but, yeah, very yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. Back to Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about, like, what it means to you, um, I I'm still, I still consider myself fresh when it comes to things of the Army, right? Um, and, I, and I don't think, I, and I hope and pray that it never goes away, but there's... Like, when I button my uniform, I feel a sense of pride, right, still. Yeah. Um, and and I know that my, like, my wife and my family does, too. Um, 
but we haven't lived kind of like the army life if you will like most people have i've been a reservist my entire time which means once a month and a, and a few weeks out of the year that that we're training that we're as some people so affectionately say playing army yeah. um <laughs> you know but it still means something because of what we have vowed to protect and serve yeah right um and I, and I I feel like to in in today's day and age that does get lost a little bit and you know with the amount of anti-American rhetoric and mm-hmm. people assuming that just because something's not perfect it's not good yeah right um, again the enemy of good is perfect um, and and the language that gets tossed around and and talked about. My my uncle served during Vietnam, mm-hmm. and pretty sure, like having gone through like the the chaplain studies I did and my graduate degree and all that and the counseling that we did, pretty sure he had some type of PTSD, moral injury, something yep. because, I mean, he just he did nothing when he came back basically. Yeah. Um, but I think about the guys that served with him that were coming back and having witnessed what they've witnessed and then were treated the way in which they were treated when they came back, seeing the American flag being burned. And, you know, which, sure, First Amendment right to free speech, yeah. you can do that. But mm-hmm. you're literally burning the symbol that gives you <laughs> the right <laughs> to do that. Right. There's some bit of irony in yeah. that whole display. Um and and I don't care really where you fall on the political side of things. I don't really care where you fall on the ideological side of things. The the reality is is that the men and women who choose to put on the 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 uniform and stand on the front lines in your place to ensure that you have the freedoms to disparage them when they come home, they deserve your respect. They yeah. deserve your honor. Yeah. Um, whether you agree with war or not, whether you agree with the American government or not, it does not matter. The The men and women who say, I, I vow to protect the Constitution of the United States, which includes your right to free speech against all enemies, foreign and domestic, they deserve respect and honor, which is why I appreciate, you know, kid, like dads bringing their kids and saying, hey, you know, thanks for your service, like teaching them the right way to respect military personnel. Yeah. yeah. And that's even like, I, I know it gets, I, I, when the NFL does, you know, it's salute to service and college football does their salute to service. There's always this kind of like, okay. You it's know, commercialized. Already, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. But, but there is a sense of, okay, that's good because it, it is still, recognized as yep this is something what those service members have chosen to do is something different than what a lot of others have Mm -hmm. chosen to do and it's not to say that that's better um or worse but you know it's not to compare them but it's to say this is a job that needs to be done and because right now uh we are still an all-volunteer military force 
they have volunteered to do it. They have said, Correct. this is, this is the role that I'm going to take. Um, and I, you know, that is, you have to, it's, well, it's like what we talk about in, in, in the military. You don't have to like the person who has the rank, but you have to respect the rank. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a parallel to that of, you know, you don't have to like the things that we're involved in. There are some things that I am questioned a, a, a lot of, but at the same time, we have to respect that this is uh, what they are, they are carrying out and they are choosing to do. Um, and that is, you know, and that others have, uh, they filled, they have filled the shoes for again in that legacy um and and that's also a challenge for us who do put on the uniform that we actually and we talk this is in uh one of our army doctrine publications that that we carry out these things with the the uh, with honor and with dignity and so that th the people whom we serve respect us and trust us because that's that's the other side of this correct um and, and that's again what our army publications talk about is the the bedrock of our profession is trust and that includes trust with the american public so that when we because it's it's their money that funds us i mean correct. ultimately um but that they know that when we step into those roles and that when we go overseas um, to do what we're doing, that this is for their good. It is, it is a service to them and for them. And not only for them, but for, for the generations to come after it. So, so yeah, there's a, there's a mutual, as, as much as we should be respected, as, as veterans should be respected, there's also, we have to, we have to uphold what what it is that garners that respect exactly yeah, yeah. but but and and we say that for veterans but the same is true for manhood for being a husband yeah for being yeah, a dad yeah. for being like like yeah. if you if you want to be someone who is respected then you have to be somebody who is respectable yeah right That's true. um if you want to lead you have to be worthy to be followed Mm -hmm. Right, John John Maxwell, um, in his Twenty One Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, he says, "If you think you're a leader, but are what's the exact? I forget the exact quote, but it, it's something to the effect of, you may think you're a leader, but if you're not worthy to be followed, all you're doing is just walking, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and yeah. and it's true, and it and it it has far reaching. I mean." application across all facets of life and and that's one of the things and it was one of the questions i was going to ask you that we could get into tonight but like how has your military service you remind me again you were in college and signed up uh i'd graduated you had college. graduated college and signed up yeah. okay so you had your bachelor's degree you signed up um post 9-11 mm -hmm. what year uh it was Two, oh shoot, 2007. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you, 2007, you graduated college, you signed up. Right. How has the military impacted your life? <laughs> oh, man. Like, not, uh, 
I mean, you know, yeah. I know it's impacted it on. I'm, I'm <laughs> right. speaking more in the grandiose, like. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, a, it's a, I mean, because the military becomes your life, so it is correct. When, when Especially active, when you're active duty, active which you duty. were for eight years. Eight. Yeah. Um. So I, I mean, there's. All and the... I'm going to reiterate, you were special forces, so it was right. like even different yeah. than regular active duty. I would assume. Yeah, it it, it was. Um. So yeah, I think that one of the, and this is still kind of one of the the beautiful things of of the army at least you know or the military is that it how it is structured and so you start to see like because there is a there is a a pattern to it, it it's an institution so it's not it's not like somebody just came up with this it it has been our military has been around for 225 250 years depending on how you want to date certain things but that the concept of a military has been around, you know, for almost, well, since the earth was populated enough to have it. Um, and so you, you realize that there are things about it that the structure and authority and the frameworks by which you, you know, you say it is and how you kind of approach life that, that are embedded into you. That's actually like there's there's something good about that because it does draw you outside of yourself or at least that's the intent because mm-hmm. you you begin to realize you are not um you're you are an individual but you are as you enter into the military you are committing to something that is not individual correct um, it is it is your you your again service is for the people that you love behind you, the country mm-hmm. that you love behind you. Um, that's going back to the Tolkien quote that yeah. you always say. Um, but then also to the guys t- to your left and your right that you build these relationships with over time. Um, and, and that, yeah, that there's, there is something positive about that. Now, what I would say that there can be a negative to that when you try to move from that life back into regular life civilian life and not everything goes the way that you think it should i mean when somebody messes up in the military you know there's 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 action taken against that we're going to correct these things sometimes it's absurd but sometimes it's it's very necessary in civilian life it doesn't always work that way and you're just kind of like this you know this should be going this way it should be you know Somebody gave an order. We should be following it. That type of thing. Um, so that that's the negative side of it. But I, I do think positively, the impact of the army, of my life in the army, is recognizing how those authority things work. And I bring that up also because that is uh, something in the church that you realize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the greatest, the one well. There are a few people that Jesus marvels at um, their demonstration of faith. And one of them is the Roman centurion mm-hmm. who who exactly describes how the military works. I tell my servant to go and he goes and I tell this one to come and he comes for, and 
for I'm a man under authority, and I have those under my authority. And he's describing this in relation to Jesus's authority over all things, particularly the sickness of one of his servants. And that he recognizes this is how authority works. This is how God works. This is ultimately his word over everything. And he believes that this is who this Jesus is. And, and Jesus, again, marvels. And, and never in all of Israel have I seen faith like this. Um, and so you, you, there's a there's a, 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 a transfer in that when the framework or the structure in the army, and you see all the things that go with that, and then you see the church and you go, there's an element of that in our following Jesus, that he is our Lord, that he gives the commands. And unlike the army, he will always take care of us. Because, And I'm not criticizing the army or the U.S. government or any of that in, in this capacity, but I do know that the army cannot take care of all those who have served. It's just, it's just in, uh, financially and medically and all those things that come with it. It is, it is a huge task and very difficult to do. So that's, that is the difference though. Jesus says, I will always take care of you. So I'm, that would be one huge thing I would, I would take mm -hmm. away. Yeah, I um for me there's a uh there's a practical element to it, but then there's a very real like spiritual element to it. Um for me the practical element when when Jess and I moved back to Michigan, um from Texas in 2018, our son was 1 years old, Jack was 1 years old. Um and we were like, we gotta, we need to move back home. Our kid needs his grandparents, right? My mom and dad are up here. Her her mom um, is up here as well. And so we moved back to Michigan. Um, Jess still kept her job in Texas. I was looking for a new one and was kind of lost, to be honest with you, um, because my teaching certificate from Texas didn't transfer to Michigan, so I had to go through that process all over again. The only job that I could get was um, in a very bad situation um, and with very bad leadership. Um, kids, I, I will never blame kids, right? Kids are kids, and, and it's the adult's job to do the job and, and love them and teach them, but when the adults don't have the support of leadership, it makes that job that much worse, right? right. It was... I mean, you know, you were in a classroom for a while, yep. too. Um, so it was brutal and just miserable, just miserable. And there, to back up a little bit, I was a youth pastor before I moved to Texas and then kind of was like, no, that like I can't. I, I've been in ministry my whole life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I need to. I need to kind of set out on my own because my dad was a pastor, so I grew right. up in the church, and I knew it, and I had some experiences as a youth pastor that were just brutal for <laughs> a 23-year-old to have to deal with yeah. um, from grown men, shall we say. 
um, within the church because the church is not perfect. It's full of sinners. Right. Um, <laughs> and I was just, I was like, uh, I'm done. Like I'm done. Right. I'm, I'm going to go teach. That can be. And, and I, I told myself this lie that it could be my ministry. Right. You don't yeah. have to do ministry inside of church. You know, you rationalize things all the time. Um, and so I did. And so you can call that running or whatever from calling and all of that. And so I'm miserable in Michigan with this job. And all of a sudden I get a message on indeed.com <laughs> yeah. from the chaplain recruiting office. Hey, we saw your resume. I had my master's in theology. Um, would you be interested in becoming a chaplain? And the moment that I saw that message, I thought back to five years previously when I left the church because mm. my first, before I went to Texas, one of my first thoughts was, why don't I just leave the church ministry, go get my, and go be an army chaplain? Yeah. Like I've, I've always had an affinity uh, for the military. Um, when 9-11 happened, I was a freshman in high school. I still remember the day. I'm sure you still remember the day yeah. like that it happened. Um, and thought if things picked up and they really popped off that I wouldn't really have a choice. <laughs> right. Like I, I just kind of like was resigning myself to the fact that at 18 I'd be going into the military. Um, but then it didn't pop off to that extent. And so um, the allure of college sports – took over my desire to go into the military and then I just never pursued it. But it was always in the back of my mind. My great uncle served in World War II. My grandfather served during the Korean War. My uncle on my dad's side served during Vietnam. There's now a generation of Rileys and Askerans that have not served the country, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and I kind of felt in a way kind of a, a bit of a burden um yeah. in that regard mm -hmm. and so when i got that message i was like okay check with jess i said hey i i told him i would think about this but i just want to run this by you yeah i got a message from the army's chaplain corps about being a chaplain what do you think and when i say without hesitation coleman I mean, literally, I'm pretty sure I had just put the question mark on the end of that sentence, and she goes, you absolutely need to do this. And yeah. I was like, okay, if there's any more validation than that, I don't yeah. know what it is, right? Um, and But the moment that she said that, something changed, right? That That miserable feeling that I had because what I was doing at that school seemed purposeless. Mm-hmm. Now I had something of purpose that I was going to be doing. Yeah. But it what but it was even bigger than that because okay, now I'm 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 back in ministry again. Right. Right? Yeah. And so personally it it allowed me to okay, now it's time to get like if you're going to be going into the military, like while this process is going on, it's time to start getting disciplined. Yeah. Like even more than you may be not like I was never one for physical fitness. Right. I just, after, after I was done playing sports, I was just kind of done. Yeah. You know, I would play pickup ball or whatever, but I would never like, I'm not a gym, gym rat. Right. But now it's time to be a gym rat. Right. Like we got to get in shape. 
Um, so it gave me a, a personal like purpose, but then it also reconnected me with ultimately what my calling is, Yeah, which is to minister to people. And, um, as we've gone through and as my career in the reserves has, you know, progressed and we come back from NTC and things go very, very well there. Um, and I get to tell Jess about those stories. She goes, it just comes naturally. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, because it's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Like, yeah. yeah so it, the military for me is it, it's it's a familial thing in a lot of ways right like there's mm -hmm. that you know there's now a generation that has served and has served in my family line since at least world war Two, right right um but it's also a spiritual thing of like hey like these soldiers are my soldiers they're yeah they're they're my flock to take care of regardless of like the fact that i may not even get to see them face to face within the year. Right. Like they're still my guys and girls to take care of and make sure that they have everything that they need to be, you know, connected. I mean, right. Thankfully yeah. the army recently has come out and said, Hey, one of our, you know, <laughs> yeah, one of our, our, our factors for readiness, one of our dimensions for readiness Yes, there's physical fitness. Yes, there's emotional and mental fitness. And there's social fitness. And there's family fitness. But that fifth dimension is spiritual fitness. Right. Because the Army sees everybody, regardless of their faith tradition, as a spiritual being. Right. And, I mean, if there's nothing more validating for our profession than that, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't no. know what is. And, right. And, and so, like, I'm... I'm incredible. Like I know we have our jokes, and you know it's the, it's the government and the army and <laughs> your, whatever. But yeah, like the military is something that's very important to me specifically. Yeah, yeah. Well, there. I mean, it's the. And I, let me cut in real quick because oh, sure. to 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 double down on that, <laughs> like it's important to me because of exactly what you said. It is that service to something other than yourself. Yeah. Which which gives that purpose. Yeah. Now you may continue. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean the 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 other kind of impacts of being in the military, you know, the, the well yeah, the, the legacy side of it again, yeah. My I two grandfathers that served World War Two, then a generation that didn't have anybody, and then both my brother and I uh served and then I had uh, three cousins as well. So, you know, in that next mm -hmm. generation that, that serves. So there's, there's a, a, a part of that. Um, and there's the other impact of, I mean, my, obviously my life would not be the same without it because, you know, how God ordained everything to fall into place the way that mm -hmm. it did so that I would meet my wife, that we would have our children, that, that we would be here having this podcast because Correct. I mean, you know, Correct. you know, there's, there's so many other th threads that pull through that. Um, the other thing that I, I would say, and this kind of goes with what I'm saying earlier with the framework and such, uh, but it is that spiritual dimension of one of the first things that I realized when I 
was in basic training was the drill sergeants and just the army standard itself was going to push you to your breaking point um, and probably even push you farther than that. Demand a uh, a standard that you might not meet at the moment, but they will get you to it and, and stuff. But um, where what that started to, to kind of cultivate in my mind uh, was there th this is another distinction between the the, the military and the church that the military is going to push you to make to to reach standards um and oftentimes especially in basic training when those things aren't met there's punishment that's involved um you know and so whether it's remedial pt whether it's you know extra duty uh doing whatever uh, or, you know, re-cleaning your weapon that you've cleaned 15 times already or... Scrubbing the barracks floor with your toothbrush. Uh, yeah, we, we never had to do that, but we did... I mean, you didn't we had have to, to force gump it? No, not with our toothbrushes, but, I mean, you had to clean it every night, so, you know, it was yeah. like... Uh, but, you know, it, what that taught me was that there needs to be grace not for the military, but that there, there, or, or it, it, not that there needs to be grace. It taught me the value of grace, mm -hmm. I guess, because you realize God's standard for us is so much higher than what these drill yeah. sergeants are putting on us. I mean, it is, if you think the wrong thing, that's damnable. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden you go, right. But he paid for second. that. Yeah. He, he, he did it perfectly for me. Mm -hmm. And so you start to, to, to see this, um, and, and that, you know, and that led to, there were certain frustrations with the military, you know, and, and like, okay, why is this the standard? But, uh, at the same time, it, it also taught you, okay, while there, while this is a very law heavy institution and it has to be mm -hmm. because they're, you're dealing with life and death there. You start to see the church, those who, uh, over which Christ is the head, as this institution of grace. That this is, yep, your your slightest imperfections should cut you off from God eternally, but instead, in His great mercy, He has said, "My Son's going to do it perfectly for you," and He's going to give that to you as a gift. Um, and so it, I guess it was, that was the big kind of revealing thing in, uh, particularly my enlisted side, this recognition of grace. And I, w I don't think I would have come to that without having had the so harshness. much law. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so but isn't that yeah. the beauty of law and gospel? That that it is. It is. The yep. Lutheran Church is so well versed <laughs> in teaching. Correct. And I would argue from the outside looking in, more churches should be better versed in teaching. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think about Veterans Day, right? And like where we're at, what we have done. I mean, you obviously have a much different resume than I have when it comes to our military service, but 
we still have the same purpose when it comes to that service, right? It's to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies that are foreign and um, domestic. So we're kind of towards the end a little bit. Anything else that we want? I know, I know, I know Veterans Day also shares. Yeah. A little connection with St. Martin of Torts. Tours. Tours, that's right. Tours, yeah. Which is also a military award for chaplains. Correct, Correct. for that reason, yeah. So, yeah, there. this is, I always, I always like this, you know. So, uh, the tradition in the, in the old church, well, I'll, I'll throw this in first. So, the St. Mar- Martin of Tours, his feast day, so the festival day, which you celebrated St. Martin of Tours, is November 11th. Um, that's, the side note to that is that's why Martin Luther is named Martin Luther. Because he was born on November 10th, and he was baptized on November 11th, and the tradition was whatever day you were baptized on, you got the name of that saint that was celebrated at that time. So that's how Martin Luther became that's how Martin. he got his name. Yeah. But St. Martin of Tours, the the reason he is sainted in in the as a, a, the Catholic Church, we would call him a saint because he believed in Christ, not because he Correct. did anything special. But the the legend has it that he was out um one he was he was a soldier, he was a general or I mean pretty pretty high up there um in the the Roman army and was out one night and saw, and he had been, he had been kind of, uh, it had been not fully converted to Christianity yet, but was, was exposed to it. And he had a, if, if I remember that, that detail might be, not be correct. But anyways, he saw a beggar out on the road and he took his cape, that is one of his cloaks that he had as uh, a soldier, cut it in half and gave it to this beggar, his that the beggar was cold. Supposedly that night he had a dream and it was Jesus appearing to him with his same cloak, with the cloak that he had given to the beggar. And he was quoting Matthew, um, you know, what the, what you've done for the least of these you've done for me. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, maybe he was a Christian already, but at that point he uh, left the army and then went on to, to go study more theology and such now could be fuzzy on those things but the cape part is the important part the cloak that he gave to the to the beggar this became a relic and again got a whole slew of issues with that but it was used it was kept in battle as this relic because he was sainted and the person who kept that cape became known as the capilla which is, if we would pronounce Chaplain. it in English, the chaplain. Yes. Yeah. Which is why one of the, I, maybe not the highest, but a pretty significant award that a chaplain could win or be awarded, not win, but be yeah. awarded is the St. Martin. Martin of Tours. Yep. Yeah. Which um, we have actually seen presented to a chaplain. Correct. Yeah. Pretty so, cool. Yeah. And... So yeah, I I don't know that I mean the eleventh day, eleventh hour, the eleventh uh, month, Armistice Day, 
end of World War One, and then recognizes Veterans Day later. If it had anything to do with that, but it is just a. If it's not, it's divine providence. And, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Way to throw the theological term in there because I was about to say the C word and then get yelled at by my oh. Lutheran buddy over here. Yeah. Coincidence. Uh, oh. <laughs> providence, baby. Providence. I know. I know. Yeah. My theology does not allow for coincidences. <laughs> exactly. So, which is yeah. good. No, so, yeah, it is. It, it's it's so cool. I mean, just in the way whether that is the reason or the providence, like just the fact that those things lined up is is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. So celebrate Veterans Day tomorrow, the eleventh day of the eleventh month. Make sure you thank a veteran for the service that they have given to this country. Um, to protect the freedoms that we all enjoy. And if you have any interest in military service, contact a recruiter. <laughs> yeah. This is, is not yeah. an ad, but we're just but, saying contact yeah. a recruiter. And and there is yeah, there because there there it is a a life I mean it it will have it will change your life. It will a hundred percent. And Whether a, you're a civilian like I was or someone who chose to enlist like Coleman was, it will impact your life. And, again, we are not spokesmen for the Army. We are not paid advertisements here or anything. <laughs> right. We're just saying, like, we serve, yeah. and we want to serve with people who want to serve yeah. too. And and we need good men we and do. good women to serve. Uh, Correct. And I will I will especially say good men, not to take away from our, our, our ladies, but um, – you know, men, that that's what we are that's those are the gifts God has given us to protect and provide, not only for our family, but for the Train, serve, and love. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on the Two Chaps Pod on this Veterans Day episode. He's Coleman and I'm AJ. We will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing and liking on all social media platforms. And until next week. Remember to stay uncultured. All right. Yeah. That was good. That was good. I think that was very authentic, which yeah. was good. Um so I <laughs> I'm teaching this breakout session on Saturday. Yeah. For at our men's conference, husband, dad and disciple maker, which mm -hmm. like we have right like we've talked about yeah <laughs> i sit down last weekend to like start putting it together and i make the outline like introduction husband dad disciple maker conclusion like those five points i yeah. go to write it i can't write anything <laughs> i i don't even know what to put where what's going on i'm just completely blank so i'm like trying to like word dump like everything i can think of so then I make, so like I have the, the five point outline. Then like, then I just make headings that say husband, dad, disciple maker, and just try to like write all, couldn't write anything in the headings. So I'm like, what the heck, man? Like this should not be this difficult. Yeah. So I sat down at my computer and I just started typing. And I'm not even halfway through it and it's like a nine page manuscript already. Wow. So that's apparently how I have to word dump things. Yeah. yeah so I got to complete that tomorrow, and then I'm going to put it into, like, an outline form that way.
because I mean you've told me if I'm on a manuscript I'm better off a manuscript than I am on a manuscript when I teach so yeah I don't want to don't want to do that but yeah yeah it's uh but I'm I'm hammering like everything that we talk love serve provide protect and train like yeah. those are so what I'm what I think I'm doing is I'm going like here's the biblical foundation of being a husband a dad and a disciple maker from Genesis 3 our favorite book yeah. of the bible apparently and uh and then here's like the practical application of that so like what that looks like and I'm just going to open this up so that I can make sure that I say it correctly but like um the advocate like model repentance model forgiveness model yeah. faithfulness and produce disciples yeah and then the conclusion is going to be the the blog that I wrote about being a warrior mm, we yeah. need to be warriors like in order to do all of these things to model repentance and faithfulness and forgiveness and produce disciples in order to love serve train protect provide like we have to be a warrior we have to be aggressive and we have to be disciplined so it's exciting. Mm. This thing has kicked my butt, but I'm so I'm very excited for what's going to happen this weekend. I think it's going to be a very, very good conference. Yeah. And maybe get us our first podcast guest because I'm going to talk to the keynote speaker there and see yeah. if he'd be interested in joining us for just a conversation about life. I feel like if we get guests on, we should either do it like topically or like have a certain like format where it's just like, Let's talk about life. Let's, you know. Um, he's the he's a senior fellow for worldview at Southwest Baptist University in Bolivar, Missouri. His name's mm -hmm. Daniel DeWitt. I showed you his website. Yeah. Theolatte.com. Yeah. He's got the C.S. Mm -hmm. Lewis stuff yeah. on there. Yeah. Uh, got the different drawings. So. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll share this with you. It's it's related, but it's not quite. I don't um, this is just, I was reading through, so I'm prepping for sermon on Sunday, and the text is uh, Matthew 25, 1 through 13, which is the parable of the ten virgins, mm -hmm. which is like one of the most terrifying things from, I mean, terrifying words from Jesus that you're just like, holy cow. And, uh, and so I came across this, uh, and it's from... Uh, my pastor, uh, some, the danger is never that we will take God too seriously. The danger is always the opposite. That we never take him serious enough. That we will not take him seriously at all. Mm -hmm. So wake up, teach your children, bring them to the services of his house, instill the catechism in their, in their hearts so that they know the truth from lies. Teach them to pray so that they may pray God's promises as earnestly as they pray for their needs. Open their voices to sing the story of God's mighty acts of deliverance. Model before them the healing power of forgiveness as you forgive one another as God has forgiven you. Do not be foolish, but be wise and watchful. Yeah. Word. I was, yeah, I was like, that's, I mean, if I, if I didn't feel so bad of like plagiarizing his work, I mean, I would just take it and read his sermon. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it, but but yeah, that 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 section just like hit me of like, 
you know, this is this is what we're called to do. Um, you know, as uh, and he's he's generalizing for parents, but specifically mm. as as fathers. Uh, yeah, and I'm yeah. I address that like in the introduction to mine too is like, listen, some of you in here may not fit these descriptors. You're either maybe older and divorced, widowed, or you know, never been married. Or you're younger and have never been married, but this still applies to you. Yeah. And so, like, I in the introduction, I talk about, you know, we're to love God and love our neighbor. Well, who's our neighbor? And then I break our neighbors down, like we've talked about, into concentric circles, right? Yeah. The smallest one that you have the most impact over is your family. Right. And moving out from that is your spiritual family or your church. Yep. And then moving out from that is your larger community surrounding the church. Yep. So if you don't have that inner circle of the family that you can impact, which you might because you might have nieces or you might have nephews or, you know, other ways in which you could show them and model them or for them what a good man looks like, then move outward until that center circle is filled. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm two 45 minute sessions is what I got to teach. Same content, but. And then Sunday, I get to teach the history of the nation of Israel. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, because we're doing a three-week series on current events. The history of the current nation of Israel or the history of Israel from the Bible? I'm going from biblical, <laughs> biblical <laughs> like the biblical history to modern day. Okay. So that we can so, have an understanding of who Israel is. And then I'm not teaching the second week. The second week is like the prophecies of Jesus and all that, which I sent the guy that's teaching it, that dispensational article. I was like, this is a must read, like an absolute must read to teach that second week. Yeah. Um, And then the third week of the short series I'm teaching, and it's Israel's relationship to the church, which is where I'm going to really hammer that article. Yeah. Like, Listen, let's make sure our theology is correct. Like right. we are grafted into the same tree. Yeah, we God's are chosen we, people of the Old Testament are those that believed in Him, which is the same as the, those that believe in Him now. Right. Like we are not awaiting a day for the entire nation of Israel to be saved. Yeah. The the requisite, the prerequisite is belief, faith, faith in Jesus Christ. Faith, That's right. Yeah. yeah, they're one of my Old Testament profs. Like, he he made us recite these things, like, over and over. And it was, um, Israel is God's chosen people. Jesus, Jesus Christ is Israel's Messiah. You belong to Israel through faith in Christ. Like, right. like he, he made us say that over and over so that we would always remember Israel is of faith, not of flesh nationality or, or yeah. family or yeah nationality or anything like that um and it, which and i it think is, is an important distinction that i'll have to make is like when we talk about israel there's really two types of israel that we're talking about we're talking about right. a nationalistic israel which we are not right. a part of and a faith based israel it, it, that yeah. we are a part of yeah yeah this might sound weird but it's like it's the question of okay, what is the what is what is the religion of the nation of Israel? It's Judaism. What is the religion of spiritual Israel? Christianity. Like 
That's Correct. the way, uh, you know. Um, Correct. Well, that's what we're teaching in the next few weeks. Those still listening on Spotify and Apple. So maybe we'll shoot have a discussion into on that. Coleman yeah. Services on Facebook, and <laughs> you can maybe hear mine if you attend the yeah. Valor Conference coming up this weekend, November 10th and 11th. Thank you for listening. We hope that you have a great night. And as always, remember to stay uncultured.